Hello, children. My name is Rebbe Mendel, and I'm so excited to announce our very first episode of the Friday special by the sweetness of Yiddishkeit, where children from all around the world can hop in, enjoy our fascinating stories, and even share their own ideas and have lots of fun together. Are you excited too? I bet you are. So let's jump right in. The Friday Special with Rebbe Mendel. Hashem got very upset with the people at the time of Noah. They were all very sinful people. Hashem found comfort only in Noah, who was the only tzaddik in that generation, and decided to wipe out the entire humanity and start all over again with Noah alone. So Hashem ordered Noah to build a teva, a really big one. One that would be big enough to fit every kind of animal and bird on the second floor. Big enough to store food on the bottom floor to feed Noah and his family and all the zoo residents for a full year. It had to be also big enough to house Noah and his family on the third floor, the top floor. Wait a minute, what? They were only four couples, no more than eight people. What did they need so much space for? Was there a swimming pool on the top floor? I don't think so. They had a big enough pool all around them. I don't think they needed it for a basketball court either because they were so busy feeding the animals that they had no time for playing. Then why did they need a full floor all for themselves? Hashem also gave Noah exact instructions how long this project should take him. Hashem told Noah he had to complete the Teva in 120 years. Now that's weird. How long could it take to build one Teva? I would give it no longer than three or four years, let alone an entire lifetime. In order to explain this, we'll have to jump to the end of the story. When Noah left the Teva after living in it for a full year, he started crying. He saw the horrible destruction all around him and was terribly upset. But Hashem turned to him and said, Foolish leader! Had you cried this way before the Mabel, you might have saved the world. Now, of course, Noah wasn't foolish at all. He was very wise indeed. But this story is meant to teach us a lesson. Hashem gave him such a long period because he wanted Noah to make the Teva a center place for humanity. A place like Beis Hamikdash, where people come with Karbanis. And he, Noah, serves as the Kohen Gadol, teaching them how to come closer to Hashem, and that only Hashem is in charge of this world. Hashem wanted him to teach everybody the good ways of Hashem, to be friendly to others, not to harm them. And this way he could have saved his contemporaries, the people who lived at the same time as himself. Or at least he might have saved some of the people, who would have done tshuva and joined him on the top floor of the teva. Hashem does not enjoy killing people. He wants them to do tshuva. But Noah wasn't wise enough to help the people with that, because Hashem didn't tell him to. And that was why Hashem was upset with him, 
Because Hashem likes when we come up with good ideas and decisions without having to be told specifically what to do. But I'm sure you've heard all about that on the Uncle Yitzhi Show. If you haven't, make sure not to lose out again. Now children, I'd like to tell you a story about somebody who took Hashem's commandments one step ahead, but unfortunately to the wrong way. Chaim was a very learned man. He considered himself extra from ultra-ultra-orthodox. He was very careful with every halacha. But he was strict not only for himself. He always made sure that everybody else around him was also careful with all the chumras he was careful with. His father-in-law, Rebankel, and his mother-in-law, Mrs. Yentl, got older and had a hard time making Shabbos alone. So they would come often to eat the Shabbos meal in the house of their son-in-law, Chaim. With time, walking got harder on Rubyankel, and he had to use a cane whenever he walked outside. The problem was that although Rubyankel relied on the neighborhood Eruv, yet Chaim was of the opinion that it's absolute Chilol Shabbos to carry outside, even if there is an Eruv. The first Shabbos that Rubyankel came to his son-in-law's house, walking with a cane, something went very wrong. Chaim got very upset with him, and as a punishment, he put Ramyankel to sit at the end of the table, not taking any interest in him at all. Can you imagine, children, how humiliated Ramyankel must have felt being seated all the way at the end of the table with no one asking him how he's doing? At the middle of the meal, Chaim took it one step further. He got up and gave a full-on speech describing how wrong it is to carry on Shabbos, embarrassing Rubyankel even more. Rubyankel was a true tzaddik. He thought to himself, Chaim must have had a bad day. I'm sure he didn't mean to hurt me that way. But that wasn't the case. The next Shabbos, Rubyankel came together with his son, Yidl. And when Chaim noticed his father-in-law walking in, leaning on his cane again, he got up, grabbed the cane out of Rubyankel's hand, and slammed it to the end of the room, yelling at the top of his lungs, To this house you won't come in, being Mechalel Shabbos! Rubyankel completely lost his balance and was about to tumble to the ground, if not for Yiddel, who grabbed hold of him in the nick of time. At this point, Rubyankel completely avoided visiting Chaim's house. A while later, he got sick and was taken to the hospital, where he was for a while until he passed away. A few months passed since Rubyankel's death. One day, Chaim woke up feeling terribly weak, something he'd never experienced before. As a wealthy person, Chaim went only to the best doctors in the country. But nobody had an explanation for his sickness. A week or two have passed and his weakness only grew worse. Until he had to start walking with a cane despite his young age. He was so ashamed to be walking like an Altebub or Zayda that he would hardly leave his house. He wouldn't go out even for davening. One morning, Chaim got up to wash his hands for breakfast. 
And his little son, who was running around the house, suddenly bumped into his cane. Chaim completely lost control and fell flat on his face, hurting his mouth terribly. Five of his front teeth broke. Chaim had to go through a whole lot of pain and treatments until he could speak straight again. That's when he finally understood what it all came for. Because Hashem gets very upset when one humiliates another Yid. And when somebody is strict with others, Hashem is also very strict with him. Now dear children, I would like to hear about your sweet kite. Do you have some good ideas for things you can do to please Hashem without being told to? If you do, please record yourself and tell us what your sweet kite is. And don't forget to mention your name, your age, and where you come from. Then, ask an adult to email it to thesweetkite at gmail.com. The Sweet Kite. T-H-E-S-W-E-E-T-K-E-I-T at gmail.com. Or, WhatsApp to 9909 and we'll make sure to play it on our next podcast. See y'all next week. This podcast is brought to you by the Sweetness of Yiddishkeit. For comments, sponsorship, subscription for our and more, please contact us at thesweetkeit at gmail.com.